0: Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, it is a brand new Flyers Daily for the 19th of April, 2023. And I guess the countdown now to May 8th and the NHL Draft Lottery is on. Uh, But in this episode, you know, we've had clean-out day last Friday with all the players. And Monday was clean-out day, if you will, or end-of-season press conferences for interim general manager Danny Briere. You'll hear from him on Friday's episode. I had to sit down with Danny after he addressed the media. And also with John Tortorella, who uh, met with the media on Monday as well. Very revealing press conference. A lot of talk about accountability, the definition, John Tortorella's definition of accountability. So let's get into it with torts right now. He is our guest on this episode of Flyers Daily. A Little conversation with John Tortorella. Tortorella, how do you feel after a season?
1: I feel encouraged. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll put it. I'll give you the feeling. Encouraged, frustrated, disappointed.
0: Um, You've got the gamut.
1: Yeah, I do, and that's the way the season was. And yeah. kind of, Jason, that's the way this part of the process you're in. You know, because mm-hmm. you you get really excited when things are going well. But then you get knocked down a little bit, and you find out really where you're at. That's that's one thing about the National Hockey League. It's an unforgiving league. It humbles you really quick, and it lets you know where you stand pretty quickly. And I think we went through all of that. And But the the thing I'm trying to take mostly out of it is I saw a bunch of kids develop. Yeah. And that is – I saw a bunch of kids develop, and I thought we pl- played hard every night. And those are the two main – uh, prerequisites I guess I'm thinking about before the season starts
0: do you just look forward to not putting a suit on for a while
1: you know what Put on I'd, some
0: jeans and some sneakers I and... wish
1: we could change that rule yeah where <laughs> where you don't have to wear that behind a bench I've tried mm-hmm. and uh you gotta you gotta go with basketball's kind of gone to it football's yeah. definitely gone to it outdoor sport but we're in a rink that's you're freezing your ass off. Yeah, like a nice sweat and a hoodie, we'd yeah. be good to go, right? Yeah, but to to answer your question, yeah, I'm glad that's off. But uh, <laughs> uh, now, now the the interesting part is, you know, trying to figure out what you look like next year and having meetings and stuff like that. So it's never ending. We keep on going.
0: Do you have a period of time that you decompress to go into that? All those decisions on a fresh mind and yeah I, I, not the think, recency?
1: I, I think when you get done with the draft mm-hmm. because you're still talking about players you, it, managers and coaches are talking about what we need within our lineup uh, you're talking free agents and and, and stuff like that I, I think everybody kind of gets away when the drafts over at the end of June mm-hmm. those two or three weeks of July is when you kind of just get completely away from it yeah and, uh yeah but but you know as well as i do you're never totally away from it there's always something coming up um but those 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 three weeks that's when you kind of lock in with your family a little bit and get away from it
0: and totally recharge um you know one of the big talking points in your media availability with the the beach just a a couple moments ago was about accountability and you and i have talked about that a ton Mm -hmm. and you know, I'm under the impression, you know, my version of accountability is self-accountability. Mm-hmm. Because when you sit by yourself, you can't lie to yourself. Mm-hmm. But accountability is a roller coaster and has different meanings to everyone. Overall, are, are you pleased with a lot of elements of the accountability of the team? Or, you know, how would you assess it from a group standpoint? Or can you even assess it from a group standpoint?
1: Yeah, you can assess it. You can assess it from a group. Uh, you, you can... Uh, I, I think people have different definitions of accountability. I think it's human nature as an athlete. I think especially with today's athlete, I think they're a lot easier on themselves mm-hmm. as far as what they expect out of one another and themselves. And that's what kind of makes our job more, uh, more, I guess, busier. Uh, because I think that's a huge part of a coach's job is when you don't see a player holding himself accountable, that's when a coach needs to step in. That's when there's conflict. Uh, uh, that's when a lot of things g- can happen. And But I, I, I don't think a coach can ever, uh, ever s- sweep away a situation that he needs to address when he sees a player not holding himself accountable because you, you get lost. You, you, there's so many things are happening each and every day. So you try to attack those every day. I think when the, when there's a disagreement on that, I think that's when you become closer as a player and a coach. I think that's when you, be, you start building a standard of what's expected here.
0: And an understanding, right?
1: And an, and an understanding, yeah, because yeah. you, you hopefully you do it as men. And mm. uh, as I just said in there, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. And I think when there's honesty and, and the player's honest, there's, there's going to be conflict. As long as you handle it and that it's not personal attacks on one another – and you try to get to the other side, that's how you grow. Yeah. And, and that's, how you, that's how you have an understanding. That's how you start thinking the same as far as what it is to be a pro or a standard of play. That all falls under accountability. So those are, those are situations that happen every day. I think I told you people can say the word, but it's an everyday process yeah. with accountability or you'll get lost.
0: Because if you let one thing go, it doesn't mean anything, does
1: no, it? No, and the other guys are watching. Yeah, and it, you, some days
0: you don't feel like holding people accountable. Yeah, it's you go, hard. You should be doing it today. Yeah. I don't have to do this for you every day. Yeah,
1: you get you get it, it. It you get tired. Yeah, because and you get pissed off because you you want that player to do it. That's yeah. kind of why they're at this level because they've they've done it before. Yeah, uh, and it, it you have to stay on top of it or because. Player B is looking at me letting player A get away with it, and he's saying, well, you didn't let me get away with that. Yeah. And that's what tears apart a locker room. Mm-hmm. So huge part of building, huge, huge part of the process that we're in right now.
0: Yeah, you can't ever shirk it. Um, let me ask you about the young core because, you know, one of the things, the first things you talked about when you came here was getting that room right and the culture right in that room. Um, and you have this young core that developed on the ice Maybe exceeding your expectations certainly exceeded mine in the amount of guys that took a big step forward. Um, are you starting to see that leadership them grab a piece now? That some of you know there's going to be some subtraction. Yes, yeah, so th- that's going to open up some more. That oxygen. has to happen. Yeah,
1: I, I don't. I think we've got some really good kids. Hey, listen, I, and I'll say it throughout the whole National Hockey League, we've got some great athletes yeah. throughout the league. We've got really good people. That's why it's hard for them to start grabbing some of that leadership piece of pie, I guess we'll put it, until some people are moved out. And then they feel more comfortable because they, they respect the hierarchy of a locker room. There's yeah. a hierarchy yep. in the locker room. And they respect that, so I think they'll feel, I, I think they'll be able to get a better understanding, and I hope we get younger next year, uh, to see that happen. Some of these guys, it'll be their second year yeah. of, of playing the minutes and doing the things. And all players feel better stepping up in a room when they're doing the things on the ice. Mm-hmm. It's just human nature that yeah. way. So i i we got a ways to go in the locker room. We do, and yep. uh, I'm hoping it's young guys that start taking over. But that doesn't happen until uh, until other bodies are, are moved out of there.
0: And there's a comfortability factor. Guys coming in in year two, yeah, knowing what the expectation yeah. is. And then all of a sudden, there's more oxygen there, and they can yeah. grab. I think you saw before you got here when Giroux was traded, and all of a sudden that oxygen opened up. Yeah. And TK, I thought, grabbed yep. a piece of that. Yeah. Let's talk about him individually because towards the way he came back after missing 16 games, he could have come back and played out the string. He could have, you could have shut him down for the year, mm-hmm. but he came back and he pushed. What did that tell you about the, the yeah. player that he is?
1: Yeah, there, you know a lot of people were grouping TK in with, with Coots. Kutz mm-hmm. is a whole different story. He didn't even have camp. Yep. You know, two major surgeries, all that. TK, there wasn't a second in his mind. He wasn't coming back. He, yeah, he was yeah. playing. And there would have been a fist fight. If I told him no, They probably wouldn't fist fight. That, yeah. That's what I love about him. He has – he, he – you know, I'm not a big analytic guy, but you look at the analytics on him offensively, how he moved our offense when he's on the ice. Yeah. It's incredible what he did. And he was such a catalyst. And, uh him and I had uh, some ups and downs, sat him out a couple of games, period, or whatever it was, I forget. Uh, came in right away, talked to me, uh, aired it out. Uh, got to understand one another a little bit. Like I said, I, I don't run around chasing these guys down, having one-on-one meetings and wanting to hug them all day long. He, he wanted to know why. I told him why. We had conversations about other things. I told him expectations. Uh, right out there, right on the table. And he went out and did it. And uh, he knows how much I've relied on him. I, did, I, he was he was every time on that bench. He's looking at me, and, yeah. and a lot of my questions was, "TK, are you ready to go?" Because it's a double shift. Or yeah. and he just shook his head and never uh, said no. Never. It, and I I watched him in camp. Probably one of our hardest worker in camp in some of the skating and the conditioning. Man. He was ready in camp. Uh, I have nothing but respect for him. And. I, I tried to allow him to keep his personality, too, which I think is very important. Yeah. And the thing about him and me allowing him to do that, he didn't cross the line. He he had a motion, broke a couple of sticks, pissed and moaned, this and that, that, all that comes with TK. But he kept his eye on the ball and played, and I thought he had a terrific year.
0: No Cates. You moved him to the center, and, you know, I see the this consideration he's getting in regards to the Calder. He's not going to win it, but... Boy, did he have a strong year. Did he surpass even what your wild exercise—did he just constantly impress you?
1: Yeah, and that's the word constantly is the operative word in my mind right now because I thought he was going to fade off because of how much ice time I was giving him. And, and he played college. He, was, yeah. he didn't play over 40 30, games. 30, he played yeah. 33 games, Yeah, right? That's at a league. wall. Yeah. 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 I moved him to—and he played against all the top players in this mm-hmm. league, and— you know, I kept on telling the coach, and I thought it was going to happen to TK too, but I think the injury helped TK yeah. get some of his energy back. I thought KT was going to fade away. He kept on playing, and that's what surprises me, and I'm impressed about more than anything. I know he's a good player. Yeah, He knows he's a good player. Uh, I think as we keep on building the organization, I'd like to slot him in a better spot. Yeah, uh, A lot of people don't think he's going to bring offense. He will. He's just not going to be a top offensive guy. Mm -hmm. I need to slot him in that spot Mm -hmm. so I don't have to hope that he can give us offense, too, while he's checking Mm -hmm. Uh, or or more offense than I think he should have to if we slot him in the right area. Yeah. Um, you really
0: leaned on him a lot. Oh, my God. Every situation.
1: And, And, you know, a guy that does, you know, College didn't take many face-offs. Yeah. Had him in a face-off circle. End of game, protecting a lead against guys like Bergeron. Oh, God. I mean, best in the Powell league. Power play, yeah. play power play, kill penalties, last minute, all the things. Uh, protecting a lead at the end of a period, any any situational play, I'm looking for him. The thing that impressed me the most that he did not. He did not die out as far as being tired. He just kept on playing. He never
0: backed down. Um, You mentioned the word, he knows he's a good player. Did Owen Tippett know he was a good player, this player, before this season?
1: Huge bridge that he crossed, I think. Mentally? Yeah, Yeah. and and that's all that is, is uh, quiet kid. Uh, You know, he may be a blast outside the rink, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But so quiet, so coachable. Uh, I remember in preseason, he was kind of... Uh, I didn't know what he was, you know, and we, we've had a couple of conversations that way. Um, I, I think one of the, the, the first bridges that he crossed was when he didn't have a good game, he didn't fall off the map. That's one thing I noticed. When he wasn't playing well, you couldn't even find him. As the year went on and we brought this subject up to him, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't have a nosedive. He, not everybody's going to play their best, but they can't fall off the map. I think he slowly leveled that out. And then by the end of the year, he's trying stuff that he never would have even thought and about. And that's trying. confidence. That's when his mental state took yeah. over and said, you know what? I belong in this league. I'm a good player. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try some of this stuff here. And, and he was taking players on. He was beating people one-on-one, taking pucks to the net. I, I, I still think we need to see more power in his game as a power forward. But crossing that mental hurdle of going on the ice just to get through a shift and instead of going on the ice and saying, I'm going to dominate this shift, that's a huge hurdle across as a young man. Yeah,
0: and for him, he's a guy, he's a scorer. He's a shooter. Yeah. He's been a shooter. So maybe a little bit of an improvement on that in tight finishing for him. Yeah, too.
1: He, he, he's learned the game away from the puck. Mm-hmm. He defaults to a shot, you know, because yeah. it's such a good shot.
0: And it carried him everywhere he's been. Yes, <laughs>
1: yes. But now he's in the national, he's, he's trying to beat people, bringing pucks to the net. He, uh, he used a couple of players and a couple of his goals as screens. Instead of just ripping the puck, he he the defensemen as screens when he shoots the puck. I just think his uh, his future if he if he if he stays about himself and and keeps his humil- humility humility and, and humbleness as he has right now, but still know and have the right arrogance that he's mm-hmm. a really good player. He could become a great player. Yeah,
0: um, one of the guys that hasn't been talked about a lot this year and it's probably because he had a good year he's like an offensive lineman when you don't mention him he's doing his job Rasmus Ristolainen you've talked about him being one of the most improved players you had from day one to game 82 and I I know that you know you and Risto you you grinded a little bit how did that kind of relationship play out through the season yeah yeah he was really good
1: yeah he I thought he stunk at the beginning of the year
0: Yeah. yeah and you let him know
1: yeah, I did, I did, mm-hmm. I, I, as, as I just, it was in a group setting and uh, uh, I think he deserve. I think they deserve honesty. I, I, I don't understand out here that everybody thinks it's a, uh, it's craziness when a player and a coach disagree. That's part of the business, that, that's how you become better, both. And I think Risto made me a better coach. Uh, yeah, so I let him know and it was unacceptable. And he turned into, I think, probably our best defenseman. Yeah, uh, Carries the puck, moved his, his legs, were just stationary when he first started this year. Brad Shaw did a terrific job with him in video and, and coaching him and protects the puck well, takes hits, gets his father out of the end zone. He's our most improved player. I thought he was our best defenseman, mm-hmm. and I'm thrilled for him. Did it start off the right way between him him and I? No. But it, again, it wasn't personal. It's not like I dislike him as a person. It's my job to goddamn coach him and to tell him it's not good enough. How would he know if I didn't tell him? Yeah. And, and that, that's what I don't get. It, 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 it's the way it's gonna be. And I thought he handled himself really well.
0: Well, the other part of that is, you mentioned you do that a lot in a group setting because you're not just coaching
1: him no.
0: on what he's doing wrong. You're in essence, coaching the whole team through that process as well.
1: Yeah, I, 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 you know. I, in, in that specific situation, I saw a team, and it, you know, it was, it was a pretty pointed meeting. And Rusto was pissed, and he came right back at me. Um, I, I saw a team rally around him because when I when I watched the next game, no matter what he did, teams the teammates were cheering him on. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It, it is. It's galvanizing. And I, yeah, and I'm sitting behind the bench, and I'm I'm kind of laughing to myself, and I can't use the words I used in my head, but I said, "Damn right." Yeah. I said, that's, that's what you want. You want players pushing for one another. And a guy gets leaned on in here, and, and they're mad because they're mad at the coach because I leaned on him. So they, they just try to protect him, and they, they push for him. That's how you build this. That's so how you bring them together. Yeah, it's and that's group. how we're going to continue to try to do it. Towards
0: year two, as you look at it, there's going to be subtraction. You know, what's at the top of your list to go into year two? I mean, you've got these young players. You're going to get more young players. And who knows how many more? Hopefully, a good amount. But in year two, what's the next progression of this step of yeah. this process? Yeah,
1: the the two points for me in year two is is prior to the year. Uh, I think it's the biggest point is meetings with Danny, both Dan's and, mm-hmm. and the management group, Flairzy, and and decide which guys that we feel that we need to look by, and uh, and some good players too. Uh, uh, but in the in the state of our our process what we think is best so we can uh as i said i'd like to get younger uh, to allow some younger players to come in here and and try to progress like some of our other other young players did this year that's one of them and then then just keep on reevaluating that there's no uh there's no magic thing to the next step here is is except to keep proceeding the proper way i do think we need to backfill with some free agents, some choice free agents that aren't big names, uh, that can add some stability to our young kids uh, along the way as we keep on growing our young kids, but it isn't the big name. Uh, Big names are not in our future right now. So it's evaluate and decide who we're gonna move on from and then add young kids in our organization, continue to grow young kids, and then maybe one or two Stabilizes that can help us keep competitive as we keep on growing. A okay,
0: penalty killer, or yeah. face-off guy, and there are people out there. Yeah, yeah.
1: there are people out and they there.
0: They don't break the bank, which is good. No, too. no. Torch, I'll let you get to your off season. It's been a lot of fun this year, I, even though the results not where we want it yet. It's been a lot of fun talking hockey with you and Hounds, of course. Yeah, and, and likewise. Year.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I appreciate your. Your effort with the hounds, yeah, Uh, that's important too.
0: Well, we got that one at home. A buddy of mine stepped up. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yep. Oh, Oh, that's fantastic. So that's all good. Yeah, that's really. Enjoy the dogs this offseason.
1: Yeah, and I really enjoy talking with you, Jason. I enjoy talking hockey with you also.
0: All right, there he is, Flyers head coach John Tortorella, kind enough to give us a lot of time on Mondays. Day where they address the media end of season availabilities for both Danny Breer and John Tortorella. Hope you got something out of that. I know I did. And uh, Danny Breer will be our guest on Friday's episode of Flyers Daily. So, everybody, enjoy the playoffs, and we will talk to you on Friday on a brand new Flyers Daily.